effing week um, this week. Just a good time, just um, of a restful little getaway, and we just thank God for that. And I just thank God for for our man of God. You guys, what I thank God about is that at all times I can depend on him to give me the word. And that's what I love about my husband, your pastor, my pastor. At all times he gives me the word and an encouraging word to to help me to go further. And so as we get our ears ready and our hearts ready this morning, we want to be ready for the word. Amen. The word. Without the word, you guys, how can we live? How can we have victory in our life? How can we stand? And so the enemy comes sometimes to interrupt, disrupt, or, 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 or confuse us. But right now I'm praying that our hearts and our spiritual ears would be open to hear the word of God. Because there's a word for every, don't think it's just for somebody else. There's a word for every single person that is in the house today. There's a word just for you. And so we thank God for the man of God. And we ask the, the Lord will just bless the word that he's given him. Feed us the word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Testing. One, two, three. Testing, testing, testing. Well, I think they figured it out over there. How are we doing this morning? Amen. God bless you. Blessings to each of you. Let's just pray over this word. Amen, and over our hearts and minds to hear and receive what the Lord has to say to us this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you, God, for the opportunity to gather here in your name, God, to give you glory and praise, Lord, and to incline our hearts and our minds unto you. Lord, we ask that you speak to us like only you can do, God. Move me out of the way. Move our, our issues or distractions, Lord, from us right now, God, that you can allow your spirit to have free course in this place, God. And we thank you. Hallelujah. Because we know you love us, God. And you're concerned about every one of our needs, Lord. And above all, God, you're concerned about our eternity. So, Lord, we just come this morning to incline our hearts and our minds to hear what your spirit is saying unto the church, God. Father, we, yes, we continue to lift up Elias, Lord, and his, his family before you, God, his wife, um, his mother and his father, Lord. We lift up Adonijah, God, who was positive for COVID, God. We just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, as you touch them, God, that you would bring strength and healing, God. Do what only you can do, Lord, in the name of, we know that you're able, God. Even beyond what we say, Lord, you see and you know and you are able. So we thank you right now, Lord. Father, we thank you just for being in this place, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated, amen, as we get ready to delve into the word. And I want to give a quick shout out to a couple of our brothers here, amen. Amen. Our brother Burke had a birthday this past Wednesday, amen. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, excited for Burke because last week he started college again, amen. Going, going for his bachelor's, amen. And we, we celebrate that. His bachelor's in theology, right? Amen. So we celebrate you. Amen. Going on. Amen. Age is not a factor when you got a desire. Amen. God is able. And we thank God for our brother Phil. Had a birthday on Thursday. Amen. So we bless him. Amen. Another year in the name of the Lord. Amen. Trying to catch up with me, right? 
Amen. We just give praise, amen, for the men in the house. You know, just to remind our men, we're going to be back here on this coming Saturday, men's meeting, eight, amen, 9 a.m. Amen. Hmm? Dovey and Micaiah birthday. That's right, Dovey's birthday. We're celebrating her princess birthday. Amen. And Micaiah, where's Micaiah? Oh, there she is. She's looking stand up, Micaiah. Look at her. Don't she look beautiful in that color. Looking, looking sophisticated. Amen. We thank God for their birthdays. Amen. Get coming on up. Amen. But this morning, man, we're going to continue. We've been this last couple of messages that I spoke. Amen. We've been talking about the freedom of a kingdom perspective. Anybody begin to experience the freedom of a, having a kingdom perspective yet? changing and shifting the way you you look at things and you respond to things you see things we're going to continue down that road this morning amen in the third installment as i would call it amen in this message because you know i truly you know one of the things that really really stirs me up amen is talking about kingdom amen and trying and striving to get god's people amen to to be able to operate in the kingdom now you know, not waiting until, you know, the hereafter, amen. But it's just getting practice of seeing things and responding to things and understanding things according to God's way, his word, his perspective, amen. And not just the perspective of this world, which can be so confusing, so challenging, amen, so frustrating, if I can say that, amen. But when we see it from God's way of doing things and God's way of seeing things, amen, it, it allows us to, to process things completely different than we would without it, amen. We were talking in the book of James about provoking us as we wrapped up the last message I spoke. You know, we were talking about in James, he was saying, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, amen. And I think it's important. Let's just go back there real quick as we jump into this. But James 1. Verse 22 to 25 says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. You know, we come to church and we know we're supposed to be doing it and we worship and we praise and all this stuff. But when we walk out the door, we forget the principles that go with the life that we proclaim. That's what he's talking about. He goes on to say, you know, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, liberty means freedom, amen, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. Now, hear this part. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. And I know we all want the blessings of God upon our, you know, things that we do, amen, our lives, amen. So, but in order to get those blessings that he's talking about, we got to be what? Doers of what the word declares. So that's kind of what we wrapped up in, in the last message. But, you know, as I'm looking at that, you know, even as Pastor Linda spoke on last week, amen, and coming to us, you know, from the message, show us the Father. I mean, that message very well could have been a part of the same series that I'm speaking on because why? In order for us to show us the Father, in order to demonstrate the Father to others, in order to show the Father and recognize the Father in our own lives, amen, we still need to have what? 
a kingdom perspective. Man, because we can't show someone the Father if our perspective is worldly. So we have to shift there, even for the show of the Father. We got to pause, and you know, as they say, pause for the cause. You got to pause and think, amen, in another dimension, in another way, in order that we may be able to see the Father, amen, and recognize Him operating in our lives, in the struggles and the challenges, you know, that, that come. In our everyday living. And all too often we as, as people, ourselves, Christians, I mean, we have a hard time grappling with the challenges of life from day to day. Anybody been there? Struggling just this daily living can be a challenge sometimes. Amen. You leave home, you're doing good, you get to work, and all kind of stuff start coming against you. Amen. Yesterday I was, I was out cutting the grass. Man, everything is going good. And then I start cutting the, the ditch out in front of the house which is at an angle, I'm pushing the mower, and the wheel falls off. I mean, everything was going good. Pastor Linda had left, went down, and the wheel falls off my lawnmower. I'm like, okay. So I picked up the pieces and drug it on over to the sidewalk and, you know, put it back together. And went, everything was fine. I'm ready to go. So I rolled it back over. Going to pull it, start it again, pull it two times, no start. Okay, this thing usually starts on the first pull. I pull it the third time and the whole string breaks. I'm like, okay, Lord. <laughs> he, he's trying to, I guess he's trying to say, take a break. And I look at Pastor Lynn and says, that's right. You know, so I, I did. I went inside. I relaxed for about 30 minutes and just cooled down because it was hot. And I'm just like, I wasn't upset, but it was just, I had. This body was just hot being out there working. So I cooled down. Then I went in town and got some parts, came back, put everything together, finished the lawn. You know, but I could have got angry and kicked it and Amen. cursed it. Amen. And, you know, all I said, but see, it's like, it's just, those things just happen. Amen. We can let so many things, simple things, but the reality of life can be challenging. Amen. And it's, it's true in all our lives, even Christians that love God. Amen. We have challenges. Can we say Amen. We have challenges. I mean, there's times that we, we don't really understand the, the working or the will or the ways of God, but we still need to know that he's still sovereign. Right. He's yet sovereign. He, he knows what he's doing, but, you know, he needs to help us to show us how to manage the kingdom perspective that frees us, amen, from the natural inclinations that come in this flesh when we are faced with issues. Because the natural man wants to do what? Get upset. Amen. When things are not going, we, we want to demand our way. We want to allow these things that they can cripple us from seeing the Father, as, we, as she was talking about. So we got to stop. Amen. I think one of the areas that most of us are challenged, you know, and I think, well, not most of us, I think all of us oftentimes is when we lose the loved one and processing that in our lives. Amen. I was thinking about it, you know, as I was working on this message, I said, I lost this sister. A brother, two moms, two dads, a niece, a cousin, you know, in the, in them, they, how do we process that? But then the Lord reminded me, you've been blessed, son, because you haven't lost a child. You know, and, and my heart can only imagine how it is, you know, not just imagine, because I've walked with people, I've walked with my brother, I've walked with, you know, when we, a parent loses a child, that's a deep place, that's a deep hurt. 
been mad enough. We, we got some in here that know that hurt because they've experienced that hurt. But even in that, we got to recognize that God is still God. We got to recognize that he is still sovereign. See, so what am I, why am I going there? Because I want us to see that God is sovereign in every situation, in every circumstance that we face, because we're going to get hit with some things in life. You know, and I was sitting there thinking about just that type of loss, which can be one of the most devastating in our lives. Amen. And I thought about these four things that can help us process, you know, even through that process, you know, of losing the loss of a loved one. Amen. And one of the things, I, the first one like that is there's comfort in knowing that the Lord, that we have the Lord and his peace on board to help yeah. us. Yeah. We got to acknowledge he's still with us. You, he's still there to help us. Thank this is, you know, again, we're still talking about having a kingdom perspective. You know, because a lot of times we, we focus so much on the loss, we forget what we still have. Yeah. And the loss can be devastating. I mean, I was, you know, last week as we were riding around, I was thinking about dad, how much I miss him. You know, cause the time that we spent together, you know, just the, the ups and the downs and the challenges and the funniness, you know, but I have to process that, you know, it's like, hey, and then the second thing I looked at is the comfort in knowing that when we lose a loved one that has a relationship with God, that's comforting to know and understand that helps, right? That's another kingdom perspective. The third thing I looked at is the comfort in knowing that the Lord will wipe away all our tears from our eyes even when that loved one didn't have a relationship with God. God's still able to wipe away all our tears. Amen. And, you know, I begin to think about that because, you know, when we go to be with the Lord, and the scripture says in Revelations that, God, you know, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, all those things. You begin to wonder, well, God, how is it that you know, I lost loved ones, and if I get there and they're not there, I'm going to be sad. But, you know, I begin to think about that. I say, well, if God's going to wipe away all the tears. It's going to probably he's going to help us to understand things in a whole different way, a whole different perspective where they will, even in that there won't be sorrow, but there'll be understanding. You know, because he tells us in his word, with all thy getting, get understanding, because understanding will do what? It's going to keep us. Amen. So even in that, in the last one I looked at, and finally, you know, we, we must believe that he is a good father. Yeah. Say it with me. He is yeah. a good, good father. Yeah. Amen. And in that, he knows more about the lives of each and every one in our eyes, saved or unsaved, than we do. He knows more about us right. <laughs> than we know about ourselves. You know, so it all comes back to understanding and, and, and accepting that God is God. He is sovereign and he is above all things. Amen. And when we understand that, we can have peace no matter what this life might throw at us. Because we know that this is not the end all for the people of God. We're just, we're just journeying through. The Bible tells us, amen, that this is... Not our homes. We are pilgrims and travelers, amen, because, you know, we, we have our sights set on something far greater, far better, amen, than anything that this world can offer us. You, and sometimes I, I think about that and, you know, I, I, I find myself being curious, what's it going to be like? Does anybody else have that thought? You know, what's it going to be like? I mean, I, I just, you know, can't hardly even imagine and the scriptures don't, don't reveal enough 
you know, for, for me to really put it all together in my head. So my, the curiosity just can be off the chain sometimes. What's it going to be like? Am I gonna, are we going to be spirit beings? Or, you know, what's, what's that, that celestial body going to be like? Am I going to be able to travel to and fro without, you know, how's it going to be? I, I, maybe I'm the only one that thinks like that. I, I think about those things, amen, because I'm looking forward to it. Amen. That don't mean I'm looking forward to dying now because I, I still got work to do. Amen. But I got a hope. Amen. And that's what keeps me focused and steadfast on what the Lord has for me to do. Amen. But he is a good father. Amen. And he knows so much. Amen. So let's turn with the book of Matthew. Amen. Because to do what I'm talking about, shifting from the natural to the spiritual mindset, it takes what I call making a conscious, intentional shift from the natural to the spiritual. Because let's, let's face it, it don't just automatically happen. Not until you've been doing it for a while, then it becomes, you know, easier and easier and Pretty soon you learn, hey, this is a good place to be. Hey, this is a good mindset to be. Let me just stay over here because over there, my life is full of trouble and worry and all those things. So it takes practicing making a conscious and intentional shift in how we see things. Amen. And I think that, I'm not just think, I know, amen, you know, because when we do that, we surrender the weight from ourselves, amen, to the expectation of God's rest even now. Look what it says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. He said, come to me, all you who labor, and I'm coming out of the Amplifier, and are heavy laden and overburdened. Am I talking to anybody? And I will cause you to rest. I will ease and deliver and refresh your soul. Can anybody use that right about now? He said, I ease and refresh in your soul. Amen. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quietness for your soul. That sounds like a good place to be when trouble is all around us. And the 30th verse says, for my yoke is wholesome, well, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. My burden is light and easy to be borne. In other words, God is saying, give me yours and I'll give you mine. Give me your trouble. Give me your weight. Give me your burden. And I'll give you my peace. I'll give you my comfort. I'll give you my ease. Who wouldn't go for a trade like that? But you can't do it until you shift to a spiritual mindset. To be freed up from the burdens and the weight and the struggle and all those things that this world is constantly throwing at us, whether emotionally, spiritually, financially, man, you name it. The world does not have a very good recipe for us. But when we look into the word of God, amen, we find there is relief. There is peace. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says this. He says, cast your, the whole of your care. Notice he said the whole. Don't just give him part of it and hold part back. But he said, pass the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, 
all your concerns once and for all on him. In other words, don't be an empty giver. You know, I, I, I've been that, in that place years ago. I would, I would think, bring things to the altar to give it to God. But when I got up, I picked it right back up. I didn't leave it there. But he says, cast all these things once and for all on him, for he cares for your, you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He's watching over. He's standing with his arms out, with his hands ready to receive whatever we, we need to bring to him, amen, so that we can be free from it. It says this in Psalms 55, 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it. Come on now. And he will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous. Now, I want us to go back to it for a minute. But the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. He said he won't let us be moved. But I like how it put that adjective. The consistently righteous. In other words, he's talking about you got to be consistent in this thing. Not on again and off again based on your emotions or your feelings or the things, but consistent. We got to be consistent even when it's difficult. And I, you know, I'm, I'm saying it because we are going to face some difficult circumstances and situations in our life, but he still wants us, even in our difficult time, even much more, I would say, in the difficulty, to consistently trust him. To intentionally and faithfully trust him, even when it seems like things are not going to work out. And I know we've all seen and had dealt with situations that maybe it just didn't seem like we just couldn't figure out. It just didn't look like it was going to ever turn around. But if we would just trust him, if we would just be consistent knowing that he said all things. Oh, you know that, that scripture, all things. Even the difficult things, even those scary things, even those hurtful things, all things are working together for our good. The things that I didn't want to go through and would never want to go through again, I look back at some of them now and I thank God because they shaped my character. They changed my perspective. They grew me up. They toughened my skin. And they gave me a resolve to continue to stand on the word of God. But if I hadn't gone through some of those things, Maybe I'll still be weak and struggling in some areas. So, you know, it, it seems like a trial and all those things, but it was, a, it was for learning. But see, oftentimes when we're going through that, we don't feel that. We don't see that. But I'm encouraging you, I'm, I'm provoking you to just stay consistent through it, even though you don't see it, even though you don't feel it, stay consistent to the Word of God. Stay consistent to what He's telling us and teaching us. You know, I, I believe that if we would just have the tendency to follow him, he will meet us right where we are. You know, but in difficult situations, amen, you know, we, we, we might just want to throw up our hands. We might want to, you know, and I, maybe I'm, I'm not talking to nobody in here, but maybe you just want to take a hiatus for a minute. Is, is that right? You know, I'm just going to go back out in the world for a while because this spiritual thing just don't seem like it's working. Then you got to come back and what? Start all over again. It's almost like you, you had to hit the reset button and you got to go back. You know, but so, so that's not the answer. The answer is hold on. 
how the old song said, hold on just a little while longer. Uh, everything going to be all right. But we got to have that mind. We got to, you know, it take, I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. We've all got to make up in our minds that we are going to hold on to God's unchanging hand no matter what life brings, amen, because this might be our last chance. Amen. Amen. This might be our last trial. This might be our last test, and we don't want to fail. That You know, I, you know I, I, I was sitting last night, and I was thinking, if we as, the God, as God's people, you know, if we could have the resolve of a grad student pressing to finish in the top of the class, amen, no matter what it took to, to make that grade, we might get through some things without throwing up our hands. But we often find ourselves, and I'm talking about the church in general, we often find ourselves, you know, just squeaking by with that D or just uh, barely a passing grade, you know, but that's not good enough for me. How about you? Mm-mm. No, we, we don't, we don't, I mean, we, we want to give it our best effort. Isn't that right? You know, and, and not, not just squeaking by, not just, you know, kind of trying to make it, amen. But we want to intentionally apply God's word, amen, to our lives, amen, so that, you know, and learn how every day in every situation we talked about the Holy Spirit, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to be the one to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to help us, amen, when we know that our flesh can't do it. But he's right there. He's, we, we, we got him on board. And if you don't, you need to have him on board, amen, so that when trouble comes, now you can hear that still small voice saying, don't go there. Saying, just trust me. Saying, turn right instead of left. And if we would just learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one that's on board to help release the kingdom perspective within us. To help release, amen, the kingdom. Remember we talked about the kingdom is where? It's within us. Not only within us, it's all around us. And the only thing that's stopping us from being able to enter into it, amen, is our yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. It's right there. I mean, Jesus said, I'm near you, even in your mouth. And we would just trust him, amen. So we must realize, amen, that he knows, amen, every situation that we're facing. And he's able to help us through every single one of those situations. But are we willing to trust him? Are we willing to stand on his word and be buffeted about sometimes, but it's still standing. Wouldn't it be nice if God just took all the troubles away? And now, you know, just think about it. If he took all your troubles away, all your burdens, he made sure that, you know, you had every bill was always paid and you had more than enough in the bank and then no sickness or disease would ever fall up on you. And man, everybody liked you. You know, don't that sound good? You know what? That would probably make most Christians weak as water. Because even now, we tend to take him for granted. Imagine how much more if he just was just a, a sugar daddy to us. How much more will we take him for granted when there's nothing pinching us to make us call upon his name? 
Nothing pressing us to get on our knees and pray. No difficulty getting our attention, letting us know that we're getting off track. So I'm like, well, he's a good father. You know, he, he's a good father. Help, help keep us on track. You know, we, you know let, let's shift over here to the book of John real quick. John 8, 31 to 36. Amen. As Jesus was teaching in the temple, he was, he was teaching the people, amen. And, and he said these words. He said, and Jesus said to those Jews which believed. Everybody said believed. believed. The Jews which believed on him. If ye continue, and there's that word, continue again. Huh? Consistently continue. He said, if you continue in my word, even as ye, then Ye are my disciples indeed. See, you know what he said? My disciples are the ones that are consistent. My disciples are the ones that continue. Even Now, why wouldn't we continue? Because something comes against us. There's pressure. There's something trying to stop us. But he said, if we continue in his word, you are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth. Notice this. You're not going to find the truth unless you stay in the word. He said, then you shall find the truth, huh? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. See, the truth is, I'm better than this. The truth is, I can overcome the challenges of this life. The truth is, I'm not doing this on my own, but I have the Holy Spirit on board to help me. The truth is, he's working all things to my... See, when we understand and we put the truth on our trouble, we find out that we are victorious. But when we... Give the trouble preeminence, it tends to rule because we are allowing it to. But he goes on to say this. Then, I mean, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? See, they got this mindset, you know you talking about we we we're, we're of abraham's lineage you know we're we're in the line we're we're jewish so we, we've never been in the bondage of any man what are you talking about we need to be made free you know we, we don't know nothing about no bondage but look, look what jesus told them he said jesus answered them verily verily i say unto you whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin and the servant abideth not in the house forever. But the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. See, so, and I look at this, they got this mind that, you know, I mean, he talks about it in another couple of places, that, that the mindset that, you know, we're, we're of Abraham, so we don't have to do anything. We, we just get in for free. You know, we, we, we get a pass. We get a free pass, amen, because why? But he had to let them know, no, it don't work like that. Amen. Because sin separates you from God, amen. no matter who you are. <laughs> you know, Abraham, see, Jew, Gentile, it don't matter. Sin separates you from God. And he's letting them know that they become the servant of sin. In other words, they're under the bondage yeah. of sin. They're ser- you know, so if I'm going to be a servant, let me be a servant to God. 
You know, but he's letting them know, no, this is where you need to be set free from the bondage of sin. See, sometimes, you know, we as Christians, amen, look, I want us to look at the context that he's talking to them in, amen, uh, uh, of sin and righteousness. Sin unto death, righteousness unto peace and everlasting life. But we want to understand here that we can't, as Christians, we can't come to the Lord, well, I know God. You know, sometimes you, you, you bring the word to people. Amen. They read the word, but they still choose to walk in their specific chosen areas of sin. And they say, well, I'm good because God knows me. I, I, I come to church. I'm a member of this part and that department. And I, you know, I, I do this, that, and the other. So I, I'm a believer. I'm faithful in my tithing. And, you know, I, I do all these things. So I should get a free pass. You know what he said to those, those Christians? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Hmm? See, so what he's letting us know is they don't get a free pass. We don't get a free pass. If we choose to walk in sin, we're choosing to be in the bondage of sin, and which separates us from God. So when you choose that, you're choosing your your. And again, your chosen area of sin, and that's any one of us, over God. We're still talking about kingdom perspective. Amen, amen. The freedom of a kingdom perspective. But see, if we allow ourselves to be locked into the desires and the cares and the affairs of this life, amen, it still comes down to you and I choosing. Which one is going to be? On, you know, and sometimes we can be consistent in the wrong things more than we can in the right things. Right. Amen. But, see, it, but it takes a conscious, concerted effort to make the shift. And nobody can make the shift for you. You know, I've, I've found and I've learned, you know, you can put rules and regulations and expectations and requirements on people. And that's still not going to change the inner man. That's right. That's right. It's not. They might be able to meet your rules and expectations and regulations and requirements and still walk out the door and do whatever they want to do. See, it's just like, you know, I, I look at the government, amen, and they say, well, we need to change these laws and these, but you cannot legislate the heart of man. The only thing that can change the heart of man is God. Allowing him to come in and changing our hearts, changing our perspective, changing the way we see things. So what we need to do is continue to point people to the one who can change the heart because we can't change the heart. You know, I, I think about, you know, when my, my girls start first dating and stuff, you know, we, we, we always tell them, and I still tell, you know, women this, you know, is you make sure you got the right one. Make sure he know God. That's right. Don't marry somebody thinking you're going to change him. That's Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because, you know, he may straighten, straighten up, and, you know, and, and get his act together until the I do's. But after that, now nah, there ain't no pressure. Gotcha. See, so you want to make sure because you can't change. The Bible tell me God made man. And if he made him, he's the one that got to change him. Right? We can't change them. No more than I, you know, can, can, 
decide I want to change Pastor Linda after being together for 48 years. Now I got to change her. Lord, Lord, you got that one. Y'all see my eye? No, don't go there, see? She didn't do that. <laughs> Just a, a busted blood vessel, amen. It's, it's, oh, God, I don't even feel it. I mean, they're not affecting me at all. But, you know, when it first happened, I'm like, mm, what happened here? You know, well, I was messing with I said, which one you want? You want this, this Pastor David or this one? You know. <laughs> so, but what am I saying? See, we can't change people. You know, I was, I was messing with my, my granddaughter when she was looking at it. She asked, what happened to your eye, granddad? And this was a little Nala. You know, go over there. And she said, well, I said, what if I told you grandma hit me? No, no, no. Watch what she said. And she must have done it on accident. <laughs> she said, that's my knowledge. But see, see, she knows her grandma. You know, but we can't. I'm saying all this to say, you know, we, we can't change people. Guess what? News bulletin, in case you don't know, you have a hard enough time changing yourself. Right? So how in the world do you think you got enough energy to try to change somebody else when you're still struggling with your own flesh? And you need to be calling on the Holy Spirit to help you with you. So leave them alone and get your own self. You know what he said? He told us, stop looking at the beam of the red in your pastor's eye. And, and look at the moat that's in your own eye. You know, I mean, if we would just do that, if I could work on me and you could work on you and the Holy Spirit help us all, we'll all arrive at the same place together. But we got to trust each other, man. We got to call up on him and trust him, Amen. But he wants to deliver us from these struggles and these things that are trying to stop us and trap us and make us feel guilty and hinder us from the truth. Amen. He is the only true and real way out of our struggles. He is the only way, amen. But we got to shift our mind, shift our way of seeing things, shift our way of responding to things, shift how we understand the things and the cares and the affairs of this world, amen, knowing that most of this stuff is designed to trip us up. Either it wants to make us mad and make us quit, or it wants to make us happy so we fall in love with it and forget about God. Either way, it's trying to get us off track. But God is the answer. He's the way out. Amen. So when they say, how are you going to talk about we're going to be made free? We're going to be made free because we give up sin. Amen. And we choose with the help of the Holy Spirit because God knows we can't do it all on our own. To walk in alignment with the word of God. Amen. But it caused, caused you know, to, to shift us, to shift our way of thinking because you don't get a free pass. I don't get a free pass. Only thing that we get, amen, amen, is the help of the Holy Spirit. And he's already paid the cost for that. All we need to do is accept it, amen, and come to a place, amen, so that we can walk the way that God wants us to walk. Oh, my goodness, help us, Lord. Let's look at Romans, amen. If you're talking about, you know, how the Spirit can help us. But we got to turn from these things. Romans 6, 
12 to 18, it says, let not sin therefore reign. See, what's that word reign mean? It's going to rule. It's king. It's supreme. He said, let not sin reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. See, we got we to have that kind of attitude. You not the boss of me. You don't control me. You know, he said, he shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Well, well some say, well, if I'm under grace, then I don't have to worry about none of it. I'm under grace, amen. I don't have to repent. I can do what I want. The grace of God will just cover me. Hmm. But the Bible tells us, amen, that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. See, so we got grace. Yes, we need grace. We thank God for being under grace, but we got to understand the truth, too. That, you know, and let me let me continue on here. Then what shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that. To whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servant ye are to whom ye obey, whether to, of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Well, I like this verse. But God be thanked. In other words, we say thank God. That ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. Notice he makes a very clear point here. Not just your actions to look good in front of somebody or to fool somebody. But he said, you've obeyed from the heart, the inner man. He said, you've obeyed from the heart. My goodness. <laughs> Help us, Lord. And that's where he wants us to be. Amen. To operate in that place. I lost my spot. What's going on here? There it is. From the heart. That form of doctrine which was delivered to you, being then made free from sin. This is part of the freedom of the kingdom perspective, right? Free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. Now you're still a servant, right? That's where, in other words, if you're a servant, you have what? A master. Some of us still have a problem with that. But see, we got a master that cares for our good. We got a master that says, bring your troubles to me. Yeah. We got a master that says, cast your burdens on me. Yeah. Amen. See, he, he, we, we have a master that died on the cross for us. Amen. And has given us of his spirit to help us to deal with this. We have a master that's not trying to put it on us. Amen. But we have a master that's truly serving us to help us to get where he wants us to be. I can handle that. How about you? One that, that cares that much, amen. You know, so he, he's helping us, amen, to understand that with his help, with his guidance, with his leading, amen, trusting him, following his word, he will change our perspective. If we would just be consistent, if we would continue on, you know, 
I, I look how I like how, how the Apostle Paul spoke to the welfare uh, of the people. Amen. When they, you know, when they're dealing with the war between the spirit and the flesh. Y'all ever read the passage, "The Good That I Would." You know, that, 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 that warfare between flesh and spirit, you know, the good that I would do, I do not. But the, the evil that, I, you know, and it just that, that struggle just going back and forth. Anybody ever been there? Amen. Oh, don't raise your hand. Don't tell on yourself. You know, but look, look what he says here in Romans. I'm going to read this out of the message. Amen. How, how he brought this, that whole thing to a conclusion in Romans 7, verse 21 to 25. And the message said, it happens so regularly that it's predictable. Anybody know your struggle is predictable? Let me leave you alone. Amen. He said, the moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel. And just when I, I at least expect it, they take charge. Am I talking to anybody in here? Okay. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. There is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't it that the real question? Somebody can help me? Somebody can show me the right way? You know, I, I, I'm on the verge of doing good and boom, there it is. And how they say, whoop, there it is. You know, but he said, can anybody help me? That's the real question. The answer, now look at this last verse. He says, the answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. Right? He acts to set things right in this life on of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. He's the one that's there to help us. He shows up. If we would just call on his name, that's why I had to say, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Because when this flesh want to act up, we got a help on board. We have the Holy Spirit on board. Amen. To try and guide us in the right direction. Amen. But we got to yield the right of way. We got to yield to him. We got to learn how to tell this flesh and this earthly mind to shut up. And what did I say? Consciously and intentionally shift our thinking as the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us. And when we do that, amen, now he's able to order our steps, direct our course, word our mouths, amen. He's able to help us to know when to be quiet and when to speak. Amen, he, he's there, but we got to get to that place to help him because, yes, we all will face those times of challenge and those times of struggle, those times of temptation, those times of hurt and anger. Amen, and what do we do with this flesh when, when it wants to act out? See, I'm not saying that we're not going to have no struggles, but when we want to act out, we, got, we need to call on Jesus. We need to get on our knees. 
We need to start praying quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because if we don't, we're going to show up. And the more you do call on Jesus, the more you practice the conscious shift from the natural to the spiritual, the more automatic it becomes. Tell you, I know. The more automatic it becomes, so now it's not even a struggle no more. You see the flesh shut up. It's not, even a, it's not even a warfare any longer, amen, because why? You know, I like how it talks about it in, in Psalms, even my flesh desired to worship him. Why? Because if you are consistent, you can bring this flesh under subjection to your spirit. And now the spirit is in charge and no longer a, 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 a warfare, a struggle between the two, because why? The spirit has overruled and prevailed. But when you don't, Feed the spirit. When you don't exercise the spirit, the flesh is going to get stronger. Amen. I want to read these passages in Psalm. I'm going to be done here in a minute. But I want us to get this. See, because we got to be those people, amen, that are the light. Those people that are the salt. Those people that show a difference. Not because we're trying to make a difference, but because we are different. It is who we are, not what we're trying to be. Okay, there's a difference. But in the NIV in Psalms 119, starting at verse 41, I like this. It says, may your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then can I answer anyone who taunts me. Look what he says. For I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth. For I have put my hope in your laws. Look what he's saying. I will always obey your laws forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom. For I have sought out your precepts. I will speak to your statutes before kings and I will not put, be put to shame. For I delight in your commands because I love them. Reach out from your commands. I, I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. I love that passage. Falling in love with his word, with his commands. Not being ashamed. Of his ways. That, that same, I'm going to read that passage. I want to read it to you in the, in the Message Bible. Amen. It said, Let your love, God, shape my life with salvation exactly as you promised. Then I will be able to stand up to mockery because I trust your word. Don't ever deprive me from truth, not ever. Your commandments are what I depend on. Oh, I'll guard with my life what you've revealed to me. Guard not. Guard it now, guard it ever. I will strive freely through the wide open spaces as I look for your truth and your wisdom. Then I will tell the world what I found. Speak out boldly in public. Unembarrassed, I cherish your commandments. Oh, how I love them. I, rel I relishing every fragment of your counsel. 
That's, that's, I mean, I, I can't put it no better than the pastor puts it. Embracing his word so much so that it's what we live and breathe. That's changing our whole perspective of everything. I, I love how he, he said, you know, I, you know I, he, he'll you know, stride freely through wide open spaces as I look for your truth and wisdom. Not being ashamed or afraid to speak and stand on the word of God. That's amazing to me. If we, but we can get there. You, me, it's available to us. But we got to have that passion, that desire to go that deep with God. Amen. That, that you know, it, it, it's, it's like going into the ocean. The deeper you go, the quieter the world above you is. You know, the less the storm affects you. But if you're living on the surface, you're going to be affected by everything. So what am I saying? Let's get deep in his word. Let's get all the way in him and not on the fringes. You know, not dabbling over here with a little bit of sin and coming back and, Father, I repent. He said, now shall we continue in sin? God forbid. Leave that alone and come and and know me. Embrace me. Get to know me. Understand my ways and you will be delivered. You will be set free. Mm. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. I got one more passage I'm going to read to you then we're going to stand. Because I just feel like God is speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Lord. And you can't look to the left and to the right. We got to say, Lord, am I there? Do I really want you that much? Do I really want a, your word to have that kind of effect on my life? To change my whole outlook? And I would hope the answer would be yes. Huh? Every part. Amen. Let's look in Romans Again, I'm coming out of the message, the 8th chapter, verses 1 through 4. It says, with the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that fateful dilemma was solved. The struggle that we go through in this life. Those who enter into Jesus being here for us, no longer to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud talking about the the struggles of this life. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from the fate, lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Don't that sound good? But that's, that's what he's made available to us. God went for the juggler When he sent his own son, he didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son, Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entered this disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. The law code weakened it as weakened as it always was, was fractured. By fractured human nature. He said this place, in other words, he's talking about this world. He said it was a mess. But he came to set things in order. Amen. He said this fractured human nature could never have done that. 
The law always ended up being used as a band-aid of sin on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And now, what the law code asked for, but we can't couldn't deliver it is accomplished as we instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. Otherwise, he said, don't redouble. Don't try. Don't try to harder to be good. Your efforts aren't good enough. My efforts aren't good enough. But he said, embrace the spirit. He'll do it for us. Yield to the spirit. 